Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402-99 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. Thank you so much. Joshua for being here today. It's it's finally happening and it's finally happening today. <laughs> so I'm so happy you're able to join the We Don't Play Station today. How are you? I am good, my friend. And yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe that. I mean, like, seriously, you know, we're, we're looking like well over eight or nine months ago that you and I first connected and started talking about doing this. And we are here today. We are going to have a blast. And, dude, I, I told you, man, I'm, I'm an open book. So let's jump into it and, you know, answer all the, the burning questions that I can pretend or hopefully actually really know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. First of all, we would like to, you know, get to know you. First of all, just give us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, so that people can also have an idea of, you know, what you're doing for the community and where you are right now. Yeah, man, no worries. Well, you know, I'm Joshua B. Lee. Um, I've been deemed the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's it's my journey started like 20 years ago. Brother. It's, um, you know, really kind of going back in. You know, I started in the online advertising world um, back when it was still pretty early. Um, one of my original clients, which my wife always says this dates me, uh, was MySpace. So I used to actually, you know, monetize. I helped them build some of the first social media ads that we, you know, we actually, everything's based on today with them to monetize their traffic way back when, back in like 04. So it's crazy to kind of see where we've gone. And, you know, throughout that time, built multiple different companies in the online advertising world, monetized, you know, over... You know, I've worked with clients and controlled over half a billion dollars in advertising throughout my career. And on my own servers, probably I've had about 35 trillion online impressions that I've run across. And, you know, the big shift on that was, you know, really understanding what actually what traffic is and what actually true engagement is. Because most people don't actually understand the difference because there's a big difference. And, you know, about seven, eight years ago, that's when I kind of went through a shift in my life um, where I prior done all the things that everyone teaches you how to do, concentrate on the money, build the business, screw all the things, but it's honestly miserable. And I kind of re- went through a reset in my life, shut down multiple, multiple companies. Um, I ended up having to go through a divorce and restarting my life at 36. And um, yeah, it, it kind of where, where standard authority was born. You know, how do I actually take everything I learned, but also really all the things that I learned as just being a human being and combine them. And really now I'm blessed to be able to have clients that used to be able to read their books on how to be able to start my own companies years ago. And now I get to help them educate, inspire, and draw in their audience through the vehicle of LinkedIn by humanizing the way that they, we connect online because that's really where I want to go. I, I've got to be able to make the shift. I, I help, help shift it to where it is now. Now I've got to have to shift it in a better way for our future. That's beautiful. 
because as as soon as you said a trillion impressions, my mind was going crazy because I was like, we just celebrated one million impressions on Pinterest, you know, yeah. and this is in a short span of time. And when you think about those numbers, people say, yeah, it's a vanity metrics. But for you to get those metrics, you have to do something, <laughs> right? We did. We did. I mean, it's uh, it was crazy. I mean, to be able to think of that number as we continue to be able to go through. But yeah, and that, that is the thing. They, they are vanity metrics, but the amount of information that you can actually ascertain and actually studying them. I mean, because I was in this world before it was called big data, right? Where we actually were paying attention to all that data that was coming across. So now those are all data points on how to be able to understand your audience, understand what people are doing and allow me to understand there's a bigger difference than what people are always worried about the algorithm. Let's see on Pinterest or LinkedIn or Facebook, those are constantly changing. But the one thing I really learned was there's one algorithm above all else that doesn't change every six months. It just evolves slowly over time. That's the human algorithm. If we can actually get in tune with that and connect with people on a human level and understand that human algorithm, man, we don't have to learn the next trick or whatever it is, the next technique, you know, every six months, we can just, it'll stand the test of time and we can just do the same thing over and over and always stand out. Yeah, I believe so too. And standing out also shows that you have something to stand for, you know? Right. And some people don't have that. That's where the branding, the personal development, the management, that's like step one or 101. And some people don't even know how to get that started. So how can we train our minds to start processing the way we should be in order to achieve that high efficiency that we're looking for? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking about personal branding, right? We live in a world right now that personal branding is stronger than ever. And this is what people need to pay attention to. You know, a good friend of mine kind of, you know, we've heard this a couple of times in Clubhouse, right? Like we look at it and go, if we mention like Mercedes, Porsche, or Tesla, what face comes to mind, right? Right. It's Elon Musk, right? Unless you're a car person, you're not going to know the other two. And they've been around for a hell of a lot longer than Tesla has been. But because of that personal brand that Elon Musk has built, it allows him to be able to stand out, draw that audience and be polarizing. And so we're in a world now where you have to be able to understand who you are first to even understand who you help. And I think people miss that, right? They always they always blend and try and go, oh, well, that's this is the ideal client that I want to help, so that's who I'm going to be, right? Well, this is that inauthenticity, right? Like these entrepreneurs that kind of go through, but that doesn't that draws in an, an audience that you're never going to be able to really connect with. So really understanding your personal brand, I think it starts, especially with me, understanding your XYZ statement, all right? So when I talk about XYZ statement, we use this not only in, as an entrepreneur, think about it on Clubhouse as well too, but we use it on LinkedIn for our title. So XYZ statement is I help X to achieve Y so they can do Z, all right? This allows you to say X, I help X, that's your ideal audience, right? It's self-identifying. So when you're saying who you help, it allows your audience to know, hey, oh my God, that's me, right? Because as human beings, we love to be able to connect with people that we have commonality with. So that allows them to say, oh, Josh, my favorite works with someone like me. All right, there's a commonality there. I know that that's there. I help X to achieve Y, right? This is a service that you do. The biggest problem in this world that I see marketers doing all the time, well, not just marketers, but just entrepreneurs in general, business owners, is they try and sell on the service. No one buys or hires you 
based on the service that you provide. I'm sorry, that's great, but no, there's too many people doing the same thing, right? They don't care about how you do it. They care about the results from it, how you make them feel or what they actually achieve afterwards. So that's that Z. I help X to achieve Y. It's a service. You have to let people know what you do so they can do or they can have Z because we are emotional beings. We are human beings to every degree of extent. We make decisions based on some degree of love or hate, right? If we are indifferent towards something, and this is what so many people are scared of online, they just, they don't want to offend anyone. But if you're indifferent to everyone, you're wasting their time and you're wasting your own. They're not going to make a decision. You have to be polarizing. So you have to be able to be able to stand out and be able to let people go in. So all these things come in with your personal brand. If you get in, I mean, I think when we met, we met, right? Yeah. People were like, we could jump on stage with Clubhouse and people were going like, oh, tell me what you do. And we're five minutes into it. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, we just ask, <laughs> what do you do? If someone could get up there and be like, I help X to achieve Y so they can do Z, the entire room gets it in a very short time frame. Yeah. And they can self-identify and choose to be able to listen or to be able to hire that person. Exactly. (laughs) Hopefully that helps. That definitely helps. I think some people would think about that XYZ factor and factor it into what they're already doing so they can filter out the things that are not as necessary or not as urgent and focus on the important stuff that becomes urgent to the people that are actually looking for their service over time. And, you know, we think about service, like you mentioned, LinkedIn, someone else could be TikTok, someone else could be Instagram, but there's Pinterest, Pinterest, exactly. You know, but someone is like, okay, I have a gazillion options, but I don't know where to start. Now, do you want them to factor in what they're doing and then see what other people are doing in those circles or should they find their own deep blue ocean strategy where their target audience could be and where their competitors could not be i mean look there's multiple different ways to look at this right here in the states you know you've got the whole you know watch and see kind of mentality that's been played out like you know we've got walgreens and then they have corners, right? They did all the research to be able to figure out where their clients are and right. like that. They, they put their, their stores on these corners. Well, CVS was like, well, why do we need to do the research? It was already there. Walgreens is on this corner. We're going to be catty corn on the other side. Like, we're going to take advantage of what the research that they already did. That's a great way to be able to do it. Follow what your competitors are doing and improve on it. We don't always have to reinvent the wheel, right? That's exhausting. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, you can take, I love to be able to hear someone that what they're doing on Pinterest or YouTube or something like that and go, hmm, I wonder how I could take that and be able to switch it to LinkedIn. How can I actually connect with someone on that side? So there's always ways, like you can create something brand new, but that's a hard road because if someone's never shown interest in it, you've got to be able to do the research and be able to take the time, energy, and effort it's going to do to say, well, is this going to work or not? Most people don't have the resilience to be able to, to last as long. They're like, oh, well, I, I tested $100 in advertising. No one bit, no one no one bought. Let's go to the next one. This doesn't always work, right? I mean, so really, yeah, you can find your deep blue ocean. There's all, all kinds of things. Like, I use the vehicle of LinkedIn, but it, that's all it is. It's the vehicle. My strategies, what I work with our clients on, what I teach through my our, you know, workshops and things like that, just how to be human online, right? It's the same things that my mother 
taught me how to be able to treat other human beings, I'm just doing it online. It's, it's not rocket science, right? I'm just trying to, but that's the overall shift because I want to humanize marketing across all platforms. So it's a little bit, hopefully that answered your question. I didn't speak around. No, that was spot on. <laughs> that was spot uh, on. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm seeing LinkedIn now and that you now that you've even mentioned it, you know, LinkedIn, there are different facets. There are different verticals. There's LinkedIn learning. There's LinkedIn career mode, if I can say that. There's LinkedIn for jobs. So there's a company profile. If you're, if you're a company and you're using LinkedIn to build that professional network, you know, there are so many verticals within a vertical. <laughs> so it's like, how do, do you we... know what the one commonality between all those is? You. Humans. Mm-hmm. Everything is run by, you. I don't care if it's a company, you're looking for a job, you're looking to be able to learn, it's humanity, you know? And so this is the whole thing. There's a common thread with LinkedIn. It's all about the people first. Like on there, like you can post to the company, but you can't send out a message as a company. I can't run an, I can't run a new audio event as a company. Like they want that human element. So that is the one common thread that people don't see, right? They go in, they go, oh, LinkedIn's a business platform. It's B2B. Right? You know, it's either B2B or B2C. I'm sorry, but B2B, business to business or business to consumer, those were coined terms developed by guys like me 40, 50 years ago to diversify ad spend. Every business out there is human to human, right? Because every company is run by another human being. Most marketers have just forgotten that. So that's what I want everyone to understand. It doesn't matter what vertical you're looking for. You have to really understand who that audience is. And you've said that multiple different times on that audience aspect. And that's where it all starts from is who are you and who are your audience? My wife always says, you know, I'm blessed to be able to have my amazing wife, Rachel B. Lee, as my business partner. And she said, it's not always about who knows you. It's not always about who you know. It's about who knows you, right? In the, in the center of that imprint, how they overlap. Because you might know a whole bunch of people. You just might be like, oh, who? Who do you know, right? Oh, your your collateral, your equity is who you know. No, it's who you know, and also who knows you, and the overlap of that that really creates that special opportunity where your personal brand stands out. Yeah, that just gave me a Venn diagram in my mind. <laughs> That's what I was shooting for. Yeah, exactly. You know, that also tells me about the omni-channel experience that we need to create. Because when people hear omni-channel, they're like, okay, so I got to post five times a day on five different platforms. Instead of thinking about that one platform that can be able to have one video or one carousel and then repurpose that same thing to different communities. It's like people forget that Instagram is a community. LinkedIn is a community. Pinterest is a community. And what you post on LinkedIn may not be seen on Instagram, but it's the same thing. But people get burnt out so fast because they forget that the person they are trying to reach is like an arm's length or an arm's stretch away. Correct. Correct. I mean, you've got to be able to be in front of people multiple different times and like use the power platforms, right? Think about, you know, the biggest one that we all want to be able to be on is Google. Right? We want to be indexed on Google. Well, let's make sure we leverage the biggest platforms for that. YouTube is a search engine. Pinterest is a search engine. LinkedIn is a search engine. It is fully indexed by Google. SEO friendly, 100 out of 100 on the Moz score. So like when you're doing these kind of things, like you're talking about omnipresent, then I'll, I'll post a LinkedIn article and then I'll pin that article on Pinterest 
you know and then i might even have a youtube video that's that's embedded in the article because you can actually use multimedia in their articles on linkedin and then be able to also feature that on youtube and now i'm in multiple different places that's bringing me back to the biggest search engine that everyone uses the biggest social engine that everyone uses i hate to say it i wish it wasn't google i've been with them been around with them a long time they control a lot but ultimately that's where everyone wants to be seen and so you got to be able to understand how to be able to be seen everywhere to be able to make sure that that happens. Yeah. And I love what you said about being seen. You know, now we're in the audio, the social audio world and people want to be heard now. People want to be seen on YouTube. People want to be seen on TV. But now people want to be heard on Clubhouse, on Wisdom, right. on, yeah, yeah. you know, LinkedIn now, you know. So everybody's like, oh, what's the next big thing? OK, green room, let's go. And then before you know it, you're on spaces. Before you know it, the whole day is gone. <laughs> The whole day is gone, 100%. In those early days, I had so much clubhouse fatigue. It felt like I was hungover sometimes. I was on there so long. So, yeah. Right. You can't just, they always say, oh, you can just have it on the background. Well, if you're on stage and talking, you can't do that. You have to be actively listening. It takes a lot out of you. We all have other businesses and and things to be able to do. I love audio. I enjoy it. It's great to be able to do when I'm, you know, we can run an audio room in our bathtub if we want to, right? I mean, like, people have done it. We'll see. And I, I love the voice because, you know, this is where being seen is great. But at the same time, I remember when I when I met my wife, right? And I'm a little old school. I'm about nine years older than her. And, you know, I went through and we met the next day. She was texting me. And I was just like, all right, I can read a text a million different ways based on how I'm feeling. I was like, can I just call you? She's like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've never met a guy that just wanted to get on a phone and call me, right, and talk to me. The reason was is because I can't hear the inflection in her voice. I can't hear the tonality. I can't what she know, know what she really means. And, and in the long run, she won't marry today. She said that was one of the biggest things that grabbed her right out of the gate because I wanted to hear her voice. And I think that's in the world we live in now. Because in these days, in a world of fake news and everything else, things can be interpreted so many different ways. But if you actually hear someone's voice, you hear the tonality, you hear the inflections, we can actually, as human beings, we feel that in our gut. We feel that in our, in our heart. If you actually hear someone and you hear the passion in their voice, and that grabs you, and it's so much more powerful. So I think that's why we're seeing that so much these days, that want for human connection. Yeah, and that connection, you know, I'm thinking about it in like a dichotomy effect where, you know, people want to be heard. They want to speak out. They want to let their voices be heard. But at the same time, they're not sure how people will receive those voices or receive those responses. Or does my idea sound too fake? You know, do I sound authentic out of all these thousands of people that have millions of followers? Like, do I stand out? So that authority online is based on like how you feel from the inside and it comes out from the outside. So people need to connect those dots as well and look outside and then also see what people are seeing inside them. I love that. Well, you know what, too, like we're, we're live, we're, we had this audio, it's real and it's raw, right? Overproduced and, and you know, I get it with podcasts. We want to make sure we produce and things like that. But at the same time, when we're on social media, a lot of times, if we see some video that's overproduced, all we're doing is going, okay, they're going to pitch me because we've gotten, we've been conditioned to that. 
right? And we kind of go through, but we see someone that's real, that raw, that just random picture on Instagram, that audio, someone actually talking, you know, being able to go through, we can relate a little bit more because we're like, okay, look, they're not trying to hide behind the glitz and glam of what they can actually produce. We're just trying to be another human being. We can find that commonality. Mm, That's deep. That's deep. Now I'm even thinking about connections, you know, they're they're about 800 million on linkedin but only 50 percent yeah and about 50 percent don't post so it's like actually less than that oh one only about one percent of the people post on linkedin so right now i think when they're looking at i'm sorry i apologize three percent of people post on linkedin so when you look at this whole thing out of the 800 million people on there only about three percent are posting on linkedin now those three percent are getting access to 9 billion minimum content impressions weekly. Now, if that right there doesn't push you to be more active on LinkedIn, I don't know what will, because there's a lot of people that are consuming, but there's not a lot of creators, and that's why LinkedIn's built a creator program over there, and they're really pushing and connecting and really being advocates for the right people on that platform because there's so much opportunity on so many other platforms. I've got to fight for my voice. On LinkedIn, well, yeah, it's not Facebook, right? I don't have billions of people on there, but out of the 800 million, I have a better chance that people need be able to see it if I'm real. Mm. And they'll reward you for it too. It's not pay to play. It's really there for the people that are doing the right things. They look for the people that are actually truly adding value and connecting with their audience. And that's what their algorithm really starts with. Yeah. And you know, when you started talking about, you know, connecting with people, one of the things I've noticed recently is how people use hashtags to connect with likable, or I can say lookalikes or actalikes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So how does someone use that in a way to build that voice? Let's say their topic is, I hypothetically say sports management, for example. Okay. And that person wants to just give people tips and pro tips of how to, you know, maintain your health balance, you know, check your BMI and all those things. But yeah. there's maybe one or two other competitors talking about it, right? How do they keep that content specific so that the person that's looking for that content finds them in their feed, in the Explore feed? If there's, you know, a million followers following that hashtag, should they look for the next thousand below or the next hundred thousand? How do they work that so that they're not so swamped? So what you want to look at is, I always say, look for the three is the magic number, right? They made a song about it, right? So three is the magic number because what you're looking for is that one hashtag, one that's unique to you, right? If it's sports management, that's not very unique, but what what is it? It's favorite sports manager, right? So that's what we want to be able to kind of see. Whenever the hashtag is used, unique to you, so your audience, your, your tribe, your... Your advocates can really make sure they follow that. Now, your second hashtag, you want to be able to have that massive follow, right? You want to have that couple million followers that kind of go in so you can actually be able to to get in there. But then that third hashtag needs to be more niche, right? Not not just only unique to you, but looking for a couple thousand followers, the people that are really looking for, like, not just following marketing, right? You know, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, I got to follow marketing because it's marketing. But... They have those because they're more avid fans for those different things. And that's where you can actually trend and stand out in those couple thousand hashtag followers. So when you use a combination of those three different hashtags, it really allows you to be able to leverage your own personal brand, the reach of the masses, and also be able to stand out in a crowd of um, very 
people that are very um, excited about a specific type of brand or hashtag. So that's kind of where I would look at there. And then hashtags are great, but it doesn't, nothing backs it up unless you got good content. And so it really starts with how are you putting the content out there? If you're always talking about yourself in the room, like it's like, oh, there's Josh again. That dude never shuts up about LinkedIn. Oh, God. We've all, all met that guy, right? Like we don't want to be that person. So realize people don't want to be able to do that as well. And I'll give you one last tip before I, I shut up here for a second. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I believe in the 10, 20, 70 rule of content posting. Have you heard of that rule before? I've heard the 80, 20, but I've not, that's the Pareto principle, but I've not heard the 70, 20, 10. All right. So 10, 20, 70 is 10% personal, right? All of your content needs to have that human element. It's you, right? You are the human in there. So if it doesn't shine, like it's not like Facebook, right? You don't need to know when my kids are going to school, but you probably should know that I have them because mm. we relate. We find those commonalities. We've got to be able to get someone, like as I always say, is how do you get someone from the door to the couch? Because if I was knocking on your door and you don't know me and I'm trying to sell you a pen, you're going to be like, I don't need to talk to you anymore. But if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, hey, dude, check out this new pen, because we have some commonality that has put me on your couch, I don't have to say more than that because you're probably like, Josh, dude, tell me more. Why do you love this thing? So 10% of your, you know, your content needs to be 10% personal, right? Allowing that you to shine through. 20% of your content needs to be able to have about your company, but not how you can help someone, but how you help someone, right? There's a huge difference in saying, I'm going to show you how to make seven figures compared to the two. Let me show you how I've helped so-and-so make seven figures. And this is the story, right? Talking about different things that go on in your company, because people want to be able to you just show them how you did it not to help them how you could do it because we got too many of those people that's done and those are the people that take everyone's money oh, and they yeah. make a bad name for everybody else and then 70% of your content we are here constantly if we're going to be those thought leaders if we're going to be those influencers we're constantly educating ourselves at the same time share the knowledge we want to be destination sites I want someone to come to my LinkedIn page every single day because they know that I educate myself enough on all the different content and then I share it with them freely. So we want to get aggregator, aggregator of content. So think about that. Don't hoard all that information that you're getting. Don't be worried that it's someone else's content. Share it because if you educate your audience enough, even if it's not your content, they're going to come to you for the solution because they're going to appreciate the value that you brought. So 10% of your content personal, 20% company around how you and how you can, and then 70% adding value for others. And I promise you. Using those hashtags and that formula will stand out. will connect with your audience. You'll create massive opportunity for yourself. I believe so too. And there's a lot of potential for us. You know, when we think about closing deals or closing sales or increasing, everybody wants to get better. This is January. You know, everybody wants to get better. Everybody wants yeah. to, it's a new year. Everyone is like, oh yeah, I want to work out five times a week instead of one time a month. You know, like, it's that kind of... My son told me that same thing. He told me he's going to work out an hour every day. He hasn't, I don't think he's done more than 20 minutes <laughs> in the year, so I get it. <laughs> exactly. You know, but there's that also, that accountability, you know, that also keeps you in check when you have someone that you can depend on, you can work with, that you can work through. And say, hey, what did you do? Did I do better? Did I do less? You know, and that's a good way to keep you on top of everything as you're building that structure as well. And, you know, when you mentioned about the 10, 20, 70, I was now thinking about how it even takes about, I believe it's one to 90 days that you could be able to close a really good deal. 
And I think it was you I heard it from on Clubhouse, if, if my memory serves me right, you know, out of all those millions of rooms we've been in. But, you know, when I hear this, it's like somebody thinks about closing a sale or closing a deal. And the first thing that comes to my mind is the door is closed. It's not locked. So if it's closed, how does someone stay connected? So when the doors open again, a lot of people can come to that door knowing that this one person that came out of this room was helped and they can see their facial reaction. Oh, I'm excited. I got it. You know, I got the scholarship. But that that person that's having that kind of facial structure is like, oh, I can get that too. I'm on the other side of the fence. But I don't know how to get to that side. So when people are trying to close deals or trying to stay connected to that reason why they're doing it in the first place, what should they be focusing on? Like you've mentioned, you know, the 10, 20, 70, how do they still stay relevant so that they're not feeling like they're pushing or they're being too forward with their sale pitch? Well, there's the whole thing. If you're selling someone... I mean, like, you've got to continue to sell them, right? That's exhausting. If I close you and we have a monthly agreement every single month, you're going to come to me like, Josh, why am I, you know, convince me why I'm still staying with you and why I continue to pay you, right? There's a better way to be able to do it, right? And I truly believe that because if I pitch a thousand people and get the one sale, like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I got the one sale. Like, me, I look at it, I just upset and probably pissed off 999 people because I spam them, right? They didn't choose. But if I educate them, if I inspire them, and I draw them in, I, and I, they choose to work with me, guess what? Those other 999 people, even if they didn't choose to work with me, they're probably advocates because I treated them like human beings, right? So how do we actually do that? How do we make advocates? Because advocates are so much more powerful than one client. A client's one-to-one. Closing a deal is one-to-one. I get an advocate, they're gonna bring more people into me. They're gonna get me hyped up too because they love what I'm doing and they, they continue to be able to make sure that they're an advocate for me and what I stand for. So not only am I gonna help them, I'm gonna get them excited. They're not gonna be, they're gonna be a mouthpiece for me going out there saying, oh my God, look at Josh, look what he's doing. I really appreciate him. When they choose to work with me, it's not, it's not like they were convinced, they weren't sold, they weren't pitched into it, they weren't tricked, right? They, I educated and inspired them enough to be like, hey, Josh, I want to work with you. And man, that's that's a, your LTV, your lifetime value on that client is, you can't really, really measure it because the fact that, I mean, they're, they're not they're going to be there for the long haul, right? They're going to go for a long time because they want to be there. They know what they're doing. And there was no reason why they shouldn't be there because they made the choice. You didn't convince them. So that's the difference. That's what I want to see people do and be able to shift and change. Be able to, you know, start with how can I help you, not what can I sell you. Mm, let that one sit for a second. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, when you mentioned that, I now thought about this, you know, as we get to the end of this podcast, free versus paid content. You know, like how you mentioned yeah, give out information, educate. Some people overgive to the point where they give their paid resource. <laughs> so there has to be that type of limit. So how does someone distinguish those two so they don't feel like, have I given too little or have I given too much? You have to be able to know your audience and, and what their limitations are, right? Most people give based on what they believe people understand. They're not meeting them where they're at. Like me, I know where my audience is. I know who I serve. Like the people that I serve, I can educate them as much as I want. But in the long run, 
they don't have the time to be able to do the things that I can help them with. They need someone to be able to come in. I can give them as many free courses as I want. They're never going to go through them. Or if they do go through them, they're never going to implement because they just don't have the time in the day they, they go through. Now, what that allows me able to do is to be able to allow us to all rise up together. It allows the rest of the audience that I know are not my clients, not my people are going to hire me, to be able to get educated, to be able to be able to do one for themselves and be able to help the masses because we all rise up and we all rise up together. And so that's how I look at it. Now, that's where someone needs to understand too is what level, where are your clients? Where do they need to be? Educate them, educate the people to the point that you know that your client will take action. If they won't take action at a certain point and you continue to educate them and they're just collecting, because there's a lot of collectors out there, they're like, oh, I'm going to collect as much information as possible. Guess what? There's an amazing free website out there too to collect information that you're never going to take action on. It's called Google, right? Just use that. Don't pay anyone for something to be able to go through. And they're not going to pay you too, because now you're just kind of falling in that same place as Google. So that's what I want everyone to kind of think about. Yes, I value being able to educate my audience, but I educate them enough to be able to realize they have a problem, mm. right? Most of them could take action and I want them to take action. But again, you have to kind of put some, get, you got to put some juice into it too. So, you know, this is what I want people to realize is like, where are they going to take action and who is your audience? If you don't know that, you can get free information all day long. It's never going to get you anywhere. You know, you, you're only, you might be able to help your own ego, but how many people are you actually going to help? So that's what I want people to think about when you're actually creating that content and know your levels, your standards. And in the long run, a diamond is only formed one way. When two opposing forces come together with the same equal impact, right? The same and equal force. So if you're if you're taking a whole bunch and that person's, you know, giving and there's not like equal, you know, feelings on that side, nothing's gonna be formed. But if you're giving as much as you can and they're right there eating it up and loving it and they're actually seeing change and opportunity, man, amazingness can be formed. And that's when two people go away and it's a win-win. And that's what we want to create for everyone is how you make a win-win. Because a win-lose doesn't work for anyone. A lose-win doesn't work for anyone. And a lose-lose doesn't help anyone. Because again, there's always a loser. How do we actually create those win-wins? And that's understanding your audience first. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. This has definitely given someone something to think about the XYZ. Make sure you guys replay this, rewind, because this enough should set you for the rest of the year if you're really serious about your business. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Joshua. I really appreciate this. If there's any way they can reach out to you, what are the best options they have available to connect with you? Okay, and I know I'm going to surprise you with this one, but I'm going to tell everyone to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Surprise, surprise. But send me a personal <laughs> message. I don't accept the, the connection requests that are blank, right? I'm not trying to play Pokemon over here, right? I'm not trying to collect them all, right? I'm trying to be able to build relationships, be able to, to value that. And if you send me that personal connection request, you've heard me on this podcast, tell me why you listen to it. Tell me why you love favor, right? Because now... That's going to help me actually build a better relationship with him as well, too, because then we can go back and be like, dude, look at all these amazing things that people said about you. 
Like, and now I can share and build a better relationship because in the long run, that's what these things matter. That's what matters to me the most is being able to build relationships. And not only can you connect with me there, you can follow some of my content, be able to understand some of the things that we're doing, be able to kind of grow at the same time. So that's what I would suggest everyone to do. Joshua B. Lee is what I am on 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 LinkedIn. Everywhere, actually. Exactly. And Google. Google is your best friend. You can call me (laughs) Joshua B. Lee. You'll find me everywhere. Exactly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This has been so helpful, so informative, and so timely as well. And I look forward to having you back here again on the We Don't Play podcast show. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. You're welcome.